0: Well, it'll clear and everybody will see the truth about who Jesus Christ really is. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hempree. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are here learning the Bible. In about five minutes, we'll talk about this. It's gonna be fascinating as we look at Matthew
1: chapter 24. Now, Ryan is here and Ryan, what's going on? Well, I got a question for us today and it's this. Does God's anger last only for a moment or does it last forever?
0: All right. Very good question. Janice.
2: Today, my segment is called Be Ready or Soon and Very Soon
0: very good that look forward to that now listen we've got a special guest here because corey's gone because she's coming back but she's on maternity but jim Cantalon is here jim good to have you here
3: i am not on maternity (laughs) (laughs) i'm just here to tell you i am not i may look like i'm on maternity but i'm not
0: (laughs) okay very good we're going to talk to jim in about 20 minutes so stay there as we continue let's learn the bible what does god say to us today
2: Matthew 24, through 44 Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven But my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into, therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect matthew chapter 24 verses 29 through 44
0: matthew chapter 24 and 25 this is absolutely stunning as we continue to read because Jesus Christ is confronted with a couple of realities. Now, two great biblical debates swirl around the Bible and what it means when it describes the beginning of time and the end of time. Now, to clarify, by the end of time, I mean the apocalyptic literature of the Bible that describes the return of Christ, his reign, God's judgment, and the new heavens and the new earth. Now, by the beginning of time, I mean the creation account of Genesis. Well, Matthew 24 is only one piece of the scriptures that we use to inform our thinking about the coming of God. Now, they are the words of Jesus Christ predicting the destruction of the temple. This must have stunned his disciples as they had come to show him the huge platforms and impressive buildings of the temple. They were delighted to show Jesus, believing that he would soon rule from there. But you know, Jesus confronts them with the truth about Messiah's first mission. That is dealing with the very real subject of man's sin. That's right. That's the first method or the first delivery system of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's very, very important. Now, take your Bible guide and turn with us to today's passage as we talk about the Son of Man comes. Now, it's the Son of Man who is talking about the Son of Man. And so it's a very interesting passage, 27th of September. It is excellent. If you don't have a Bible guide, write for yours, call or write to us We'll make sure you get a hold of it or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com where you can stream 24-7 all of the programs. And you can also stream a live network, a couple of live networks that we have set up there. It's BD Family and Friends on the Roku channel. BD Family and Friends. So that becomes very, very interesting. Now, Father, today we pray about Matthew 24. This is the subject that so many people have become self-proclaimed Bible experts in commenting on. And Lord, I want to say that I am not a Bible expert. I am a Bible student. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name, that you would help us to understand that you speak to us personally and help us to read the scripture, not projecting our ideas into it, but listening to your ideas come to us because your ideas are truth. Thank you, Father, for the absolute truth. And we said together, Amen and Amen. Now, when we talk about Matthew 24, it becomes interesting to hear what Jesus Christ has said. Now, from the first part of Matthew 24, we have learned that they thought they were going to Tell him the great news and he's going to rule from the temple and the whole business. But later on in the chapter, beginning with verse 29, he says some remarkable things about the coming of the end of time because Jesus does not accept what they presume, but he sets them straight. Verse 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation, that's after the difficult time of those days, sun will be darkened and moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Did you hear that? The powers of the heavens, the universe will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven. And then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31 says, and he will send his angels with great sound of the trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I want to tell you, this is a fascinating passage of scripture. The heavens will be shaken. Everyone will see Jesus Christ, the son of man, at the time of the end. The 1,000-year reign will begin with the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, to keep this in mind, I want you to understand that God is saying there's going to be a lot of shaking happening. Things are going to change. Now, this is the words of Jesus Christ that he's speaking, and he talks about this. And so it's God talking to us. Did you hear what he said? It's important to remember that Matthew chapter 24, verse 32. Let's go back to the scripture and learn more about what Jesus said. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and it puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all of these things that he described earlier, know that it is near. It is at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all of these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. Now, this is absolutely stunning. God's word is eternal. It will not pass away. Whatever we believe will be reconciled to Jesus Christ. So keep that in mind. But let me make this comment because it's very important. Jesus said this generation will not pass away. He wasn't talking about that generation listening to him. He was speaking about the generation that saw all of these things. Now that becomes interesting because that generation will not pass away. So once it starts, it goes fast. It comes and I want to tell you something, there's no stopping it. Fascinating, isn't it? Let's go back to the scripture and let's learn some more about this. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 says, But of that day and hour, day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven. But my father only, he is the only one who knows. Now, this is a reference to the Galilean wedding. But as the days of Noah were so, also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. An hour you do not expect, which leads me to the third point. Jesus Christ will come back through a series of events. So will be. One will be taken. The other will be left. No one knows the hour or the day, but we must always be ready as if the day is today. And let me tell you something, I want to encourage you, come to know Jesus Christ now, because we don't know when that hour will be.
2: This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul.
1: Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And today we're continuing our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. And my segment today involves the wrath of God. And some critics and cynics claim that the Bible is confused on this issue because some passages seem to teach that God's anger lasts only for a moment, while others teach that it lasts forever. Well, let's examine this apparent contradiction very closely. The Word of God has been under attack since the beginning of time. In the garden when tempting Eve, The father of lies questions God's words. Did God really say? Since then, this sown seed of skepticism has grown and flourished for thousands of years, producing the rotten fruit of lies and disbelief. As a result, today we live in an age of record doubt and skepticism towards the scriptures. So skeptical, in fact, that even a skeptic's annotated Bible has been published. However, the lies and errors lie not within God's word, but with the skeptic. For example, critics proclaim that there is a massive contradiction in the Bible regarding God's anger. They cynically ask, "How long does God's anger last?" Psalms 35, Jeremiah 3:12, and Micah 7:18 all indicate that God's anger is very brief, whereas Numbers 32:13, Jeremiah 17:4, Malachi 4 and Matthew 25: verses 41 and 46 all indicate that God's anger is long, or even eternal. There are, however, at least two problems with this allegation. First, the critic here has committed the logical fallacy of bifurcation. That is, they have created a false dilemma or an either-or situation. This occurs when a person asserts that there are only two exclusive options, when in fact there is a third possibility. Second, they have also failed to consult the original language of these passages. This is very important, since there are several different types of anger, wrath, indignation, and displeasure. These are often indicated by the specific Hebrew or Greek word used in the context, and can denote very significant distinctions. The critic here rolls all these together as if they were one. Also, the Bible teaches that God's anger toward the unrepentant is quite different from his anger toward believers. For the redeemed, God's anger is brief, but for the unrepentant, God's anger lasts long, or even forever. As far as the two verses in Matthew 25 are concerned, these are referring to punishment, with no explicit mention of anger or wrath. In fact, Matthew 25 46, one of the very verses in question, explains clearly that the difference depends on whether the person is positionally righteous or wicked, so the critics' error here is really inexcusable. The Bible is, always has been, and forever will be what it claims to be the Word of God. So the error here was not on the part of the Bible, but of the Bible cynic, and that is a pretty common theme. As we learned in the segment, the critic committed the logical fallacy known as bifurcation, which is when a false dilemma is created, which is an either-or situation. It's also obvious that the critic didn't check the original Hebrew and Greek languages, because if this was done, he or she would have realized that there are different types of anger, wrath, indignation, and displeasure. And really, there's no excuse, because one of the very verses the critic is questioning, which is Matthew 25, 46, clearly teaches that the difference with God's anger depends on whether the person is positionally righteous or wicked and let's strive to be the former rather than the latter. Yeah,
0: that's really true, Ryan, and uh, thank you for your piece. I really, really appreciate that. Again, reminder that Corey is not here, but uh, she'll be back at the beginning of the year. We're very excited about that. But uh, this is really good. Uh, Janice, go ahead.
2: Yes, we're a little bit out of order here, aren't we? But what's not out of order is God's word. That is always the same. And this portion, I want to talk about Be Ready, and the subtitle is Soon and Very Soon. Do you remember that old chorus, Soon and Very Soon? We are going to see the king. I used to love to sing that in the choir and and uh, with the congregation. It's a great song. I remember Andre Crouch singing that. But that's really what I want to talk about today. It's that reminder. Jesus, in this section of Matthew 24, talked about the coming of the Son of Man. And he talked about a, a parable of the fig tree. And he talked about the... A thief coming, and had the owner of that house had known what hour the thief would come, Jesus said he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. So the key verse here that I wanted to center on is, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, we get all kinds of warnings. We get weather warnings people that live in Tornado Valley in the United States of America or sections of our countries where hurricanes are expected or cyclones. When we get those weather warnings, we're ready. We get ready. And the ones that are not, if, when you're not prepared, it's too late. I've heard so many stories about people when a flood is expected to come and they decide to stay in their home. And then when the flood comes and they end up on their roofs and they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And unfortunately, some have waited too long and the rescue isn't there. Don't be one of those people. Be ready. Accept the Lord Jesus today and follow him. He will help you. He will help you. We're all a work in progress, but we need to be ready as if Jesus is coming at any moment because no one does know that the hour that Jesus is coming. So be Ready, just like that song says, soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Be ready for him.
0: I remember, soon and very soon, we used to sing that all the time. Uh, It was excellent. Uh, And and Andre Crouch, I mean, man, that's going back a A few years. A lot of his
2: music is so, so good.
0: That's right. It (laughs) really is good. Well, I want to introduce to you a friend of mine and uh, somebody who is part of the Wow Missions Project and all of that, but he's also a Bible commentator, and his program is seen. It's called Jim Cannelon Today. Maybe you've seen it, hopefully you have, on the NRB channel, on WBPI in in Augusta, Georgia, and several other places. Jim, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you here. It's a pleasure. First of all, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How are things going with WOW missions?
3: I could answer that question even better if you asked me that a month from now, (laughs) because uh, God willing, Kathy and I are going over in about 10 days, Uh, first time since uh, the pandemic struck. I've been keeping in touch with our people in uh, Southern Africa and India uh, by way of Zoom, which is great, but uh, nothing like that personal contact. And yeah. so we'll be going over, and over but the, I, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, uh, the ministry is under duress, as you would expect, because not only you know the HIV and AIDS pandemic is why we started 22 years ago, caring for orphans and widows who were dying. And that has just exploded with uh, opportunity l- working through local churches and local church volunteers on the ground. But the COVID-19 thing came along and kind of, you know, just doubled the, uh, the impact on these, the least of these issues would call them. Orphans and widows, you know, are, they're not even on the first rung of the ladder. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> the ministry continues to grow, even though costs are up two to 300%, depending on the country. Um, but it's a very stressful time for them. At the same time, you know, from our perspective as kind of the, you know, the the champions of the champions, I call them champions, uh, as we are involved in getting the word out about while wow, working for orphans and widows, um, the Lord is supplying the need, you know, mm-hmm. according to His riches and glory. And that doesn't surprise me. I mean, these are His orphans and widows. They're not mine. Uh, this is His work, not mine. I, I'm just a grunt, you know. The Lord just calls us to, you know, to labor in the field until such times he calls us home. And, uh, but I, I, I must say, I'm, I'm really amazed at uh the, the, the general uh, atmosphere among these champions under duress. And we have over the last few months, as you know, Rod, also taken on uh, the support of the feeding of orphans and widows coming out of uh, Ukraine. And um, you know, we're just a small player there, but we're able to uh, make sure that uh, several hundreds of uh, Ukrainian orphans and widows every week are being fed through a network of churches, who along the west uh, uh, boundary between Ukraine and Poland, and also in Poland and and uh, Romania and uh, some of these other formerly Eastern European countries, and because it's churches, that's you know that's my wheelhouse. I work exclusively through churches, and the churches have really risen to the issue. I mean, depending on who you're looking at, maybe 10 million people. Are, have been uh, displaced by this war right now and um, most of them are women and children streaming out. A lot of them don't know if their husbands are still alive, don't know if their fathers are still alive because they've stayed in Ukraine to fight. Uh, Some of them have become recent orphans and widows, Uh, but the point is the, the body of Christ is doing a great job and we're just very happy with WOW to be involved even in a small way.
0: Yeah, but the um, what what you said is very important is the body of Christ mm. is involved, and yeah. I think that's key. Yeah, and uh, you work with and we can't say their names, but you work with churches and you yeah. work with people who yeah. go in there. And your uh, connection with the Ukraine war was a surprise. to Yeah,
3: you. yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: you knew the guy, but yeah. you didn't realize. Yeah, he well, there. I you know
3: I I had a long term relationship with a, a key pastor there, um, over forty years of relationship. You know, so it was a no-brainer. As soon as, as soon as Putin invaded, right away, I'm looking at, like we all did, in horror at what was happening. And I'm seeing all these orphans and widows coming out, and I'm saying, hello, Jim, you know, you're know, you the founder and president of working for orphans and widows. This is a no-brainer. Uh, and so I was able, because of that connection, to get immediately involved, which is great. Uh, <clears throat> in India, uh, our work is really growing there too. But um, an interesting twist, uh, the government have made it really difficult for any charity, whether it's Christian or Muslim, uh, or even Hindu charity that's supported by foreign funding to continue. And so they have closed 6,000 charities in the past few months. And um, the church that we work with in um, Southern India, is doing such a terrific job with the COVID thing, helping first responders with, they call them COVID kits, you know, masks and hazmat suits and um, antiseptics and all kinds, that our, our, our champions are actually being looked on with favor by the government, thank the Lord. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have to be really careful. I don't name names and uh, uh, Kathy and I, were going to be going on this trip uh, in a couple of weeks, but uh, the situation is so tense there right now. If we apply for an Indian visa and they ask who you're going to visit, and we tell them who we're going to visit, that you know that exposes it. It. that's a red light. Yeah, so we're happy to be arms length right now. Uh, things might calm down a bit over the next year or so, but uh, but regardless, the Lord is doing a great work. And it's interesting in India, um, our, our champions there have just doubled the number of orphans that we're caring for, uh, who are suffering from HIV and AIDS. But they've also been expanding into the countryside around this major urban area. And there are two groups of people. Uh, you know, there's these untouchables in India called mm-hmm. the Dalits. Dali. Uh, well, there's kind of a subdivision of Dalit. One is called Gypsy, and the other one, are you ready for this? Snake catcher.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The Gypsies are homeless, and the snake catchers make a living catching venomous snakes who are biting and killing people in, in the villages. But both of these people groups, gypsies and snake catchers, are subhuman in terms of India. Yeah. They, they, they don't see them as human beings. And of course, Jesus died for them, right? Wow. So, I, you know, I, I never thought one day I'd be dealing with gypsies and snake catchers. But that's, uh, you know, that's the thing, you put your arm in the water, you never know where the canoe is going to take you. Yeah. you know? And uh, we're just on this uh, huge
0: adventure. Yeah, very good. We'll continue this on tomorrow on the next program. As we conclude today's program, in which we talked about the coming of the Lord, open your heart and let's pray together and pray this way. Say, Lord, come back soon. May everyone who has been called, may they be ready. Father, I pray today that we would learn that you are the one who is Lord. So in Jesus name, Yeshua HaMashiach, that name above all names, we pray. And all of this said together,
1: Amen.